Ladies, ladies, welcome. Today we have a real treat in store. This topic is always seated at the head of the table at every happy hour or phone call with the gals. Although we hate to live it, we love to talk about it. Like exercising, this starts off tough, gets easier, and ends with you goddesses feeling absolutely elated. In the words of Queen Brittany, with the taste of your lips, I'm on a ride. You're toxic, I'm slipping under. With the taste of a poison of paradise, I'm addicted to you. Don't you know that you're toxic? If you haven't already guessed it, we are cannonballing into the deep end of the pool of toxic relationships in all their forms. This is not a drill, so please prepare your flotation devices as we explore this immense rush of toxic water and supply you with some home-remedied antidotes that will, quite figuratively, suck the poison right on out. Buckle up, goddesses. It's time. Welcome to yet another episode of Athena Speaks, the podcast where we break down societal barriers that tell us just exactly how to be women and instead empower and encourage one another to be the confident, self-assuring, badass goddesses that we already know we are. Okay, ladies, so we're diving into toxic relationships which is quite frankly a very loaded topic. Loaded. It's loaded. We actually, we surveyed our soccer girls. Okay. So a group of U15 girls, 14 and 15 years old. And we said, if you could have advice on any subject right now, what would it be? And we got some really quality answers. Yeah. Honestly, shocking for a group of 15 year olds. Yeah. If I'm being honest, it was, it was pretty uh, profound. It was deep. It was deep. It was really deep, but we landed on toxic relationships because one of our players spoke up and said that and it just I don't know I think really hit home with me and Lucy and we both looked at each other and we were like bet right like I got hype in that moment I'm like let's go toxic relationships I just need you guys to also picture us in our matching goddess sweatshirts having that practice we've been wearing our goddess sweatshirts to to training yes and and having that moment where we literally make eye contact and say the same word at the same time unplanned bet bet. it happened it (laughs) It happened happened. and the girls they don't know we have a podcast so they had no idea why we were getting excited but here we are here we are so toxic relationships lucy and i are going to kind of get into some of the toxic relationships we've been in and guys this is not just romantic relationships no this can be friendships this can be a relationship with a coach this can be a family member. It can be it can be any type of relationship that you're involved in can be toxic. And it can be really hard to recognize that it's toxic. And it is even harder to move away from that relationship relationship, especially if it's someone who you genuinely love. Yeah. It's almost like you guys have you guys ever seen those videos where like people who are colorblind get those like glasses that help them see for the first time? Mm-hmm. So from my, like the babies. Yes. yes. And so those, those, I picture that is what's, ha- that's what happens when you're out of the toxic relationship. You like put on those glasses and you're like, whoa, there are the red flags yeah. that I couldn't see earlier. Like, wow. Okay. Yikes. Okay. Yikes. There's a lot. Actually. There's a lot. Actually. There's a lot. So. And there's, and there's also a lot of different reasons for why you can find yourself in a toxic relationship. And Lucy and I are going to kind of dig into that because her reasons for finding herself in toxic relationships are very different than my reasons. Um, for me, it was more, it's actually kind of sad and also funny at the same time because all of my toxic relationships happened all at the same time. Right. Which honestly tells you a lot about where I was in life. Right. It was literally like a hurricane. It was a hurricane of toxic relationships. Of toxic relationships. And I'm just going to briefly describe each of them and then we can kind of get into detail. But I need you guys to know that my freshman year of college, I started dating this guy. He was a foreign exchange student from France. Paris, nonetheless. Oh, gosh. You guys. Freaking Paris, guys. Freaking Paris. Okay. And I was in love with him. I mean, we're talking, I will literally do anything for you in love. And he went back to Paris. Naturally. Naturally, because that's where he was from. And obviously. And obviously, in my little mind, I thought, well, we're going to have the greatest love story of all time. We're going to work through this. We're going to do long distance, like seven hour time difference. Like, I love you so much. Like, I'm ready to marry you. Like, thank you. Like, and of course, we ended up breaking up, but we kept talking. You right. know, which is the which worst. is the worst. And uh, it is so toxic. Are you guys cringing? Because we are. I'm cringing. It was awful. I mean, y'all, it was bad. So in the midst of this man literally ripping out my heart, throwing it on the ground and then telling me to stomp on it. 
in his French accent. He's like, let's stomp on it. And I'm like, okay, baby, anything for you. Okay. Yes. I'm stomping on my own heart. I'm also getting involved with like a total frat star. Okay. Cause I'm trying to get over the Frenchman. Yeah. I'm trying to get over the Frenchman. So I start dating a total frat star, which comes with a whole other, other list of toxic moments. A lot of Jack and Coke, a lot of date parties, a lot of collared shirts, a lot of collared you shirts. Know? A lot of watching people do cocaine that I didn't realize was thick. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, people actually do cocaine? Right. Like, I, like, really are, you only me. hear about that stuff in Dare. No, yeah. I was like really freaked out. Like yeah. cocaine to me in college was like what marijuana was to me in middle school. Like I thought it was like the devil's work. Yeah. Like I was like, it was oh, oh my God, like, like I, you might as well have been doing like meth. Or the fact or, that like, like heroin. Like I was like really freaked out by that. Yeah. And you honestly thought your parents were going to find out that you were in the that I was room. around yes yes yeah and you'd be grounded and I would be grounded still as an adult Ex I'm, yeah exactly yeah. Okay. it was really freaky so Frenchman is ripping out my heart telling me to stomp on it I'm listening to him I meanwhile getting into a very toxic relationship with frat frat star um who <laughs> you guys when he graduated college his parents bought him a $15,000 suit that's what we're dealing with here with the frat star yeah, I also I'm not going to use his um, his dad's real name <laughs> because I don't want to I don't want to give any clues that would identify this this person. But Frat Star's dad's name would be something like, oh, like Hercules. Yeah, okay. no, it's 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 along it's, those lines. It's along those lines of like, wow, wow. And then you don't want to you don't know how to say it. Like you don't know which syllable to accentuate when yeah, you say the name like, Hercules or Hercules. Hercules. Yeah. <laughs> It's not good. It's not good. Yeah. And then while all that's happening, my best friend in college, my A1, my ride or die, she and I were not in a good place. She was no. also one of my one of my college teammates. We were not in a good place. There was a lot of drama surrounding our relationship. We were talking bad about each other all the time. It was not good. And then on top of that, I'm dealing with my soccer coach who, ladies, to this day still seeps into my dreams. Okay. This man still seeps into my dreams total toxic relationship there. And then to add into the mix, and mind you, this is all happening at the same time. We have Frenchman, we have frat star, we have teammate, we have coach, and then we have a boy who I thought was a friend. And because I was in such a bad place mentally, I accepted him as a friend. And in my right mind would have realized that he was actually a very awful person, but I didn't realize that. And I trusted him and he took advantage of that trust literally took advantage of me sexually in my sleep. Okay. Terrible. Awful. All of these things are all happening at once. I'm not in a good place. I look back at my journals during that time and I'm like, oh no, God, you poor thing. Like that's right. so depressing. But what I will say is this, and Lucy can probably attest to this, although these were very dicey times for my mental health so dicey. and my heart, guys, great freaking times for my poetry. Yeah. Great times. I mean, I was building the portfolio of a lifetime. Right. We're talking like Nicholas Sparks-esque literature, like flowing out of my fingertips onto a white blank page. Yeah. Which is probably why all artists are like kind of tortured. Now. Yes. No, I was a tortured artist and it was great. I mean, like right. that's what I do for a living. I, I'm a writer. And so, guys, great times for the poetry. I would, I would definitely suggest any artist to go through a heartbreak because you will really get some great art out of it. It's, yeah. yeah, it's uh. incredible. So with that being said, my toxic relationships were more formed around a really dark period in my life. Right. I was not okay during those times for a variety of reasons, um, which can honestly be saved for other episodes, but I was not in a good place. And because I wasn't in a good place, I was surrounding myself with situations that weren't good for me. And I'm not going to say people because... I think that we oftentimes bring out toxicity in each other. And so because I was personally toxic, I was probably bringing that out of frat star and he was probably bringing it out of me. And, right. you know, he's probably not toxic for somebody else. He's probably great for someone else. But for me, it was toxic. And I was allowing all of these things to happen because I was not in a good place. Right. I kind of think of it as, okay, this is a, this is going to be a country reference. So city girls bear with me, mm -hmm. but uh, when I was a kid, we used to play in the creek at the back of my house, and there would be a time that we'd get there, and the creek would be clear, and then there would be that sediment on the bottom. And I picture Sydney's toxic time, we'll call it TT. TT. Okay. T squared. Um, T squared. 
I picture that time being like Sydney jumping into this creek and purposely muddying the water, yep. ruffling the sediment, making everything visibility is low. And it was fine before, yep. but she kept kind of stirring it up. And the only way that she was going to have the, the peace from before is if she removed herself from the situation and, and let the water settle. And let the water settle. Right. Yeah. That's a great metaphor. Thanks. That was really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah. With that being said. With that being said. With my, that being said. <laughs> my my experience has been a little bit different. Um, I grew up, or maybe I was born into, I guess I want to say that, into a toxic environment. Um, my birth father is not the greatest human. Um, there were a lot of things that happened growing up that really caused just some habits and um, boundaries, I guess, expectations for me that I, I honestly saw toxic traits as normal. And so while Sydney talks about a certain time of her life being super, super toxic, I had a, had a different experience in the fact that I didn't realize I was in toxic situations. Mm -hmm. You know, like I kept finding myself in the same toxic relationship, in the same toxic friendship or the same toxic, you know, intimate relationship or the same toxic relationship with an authority figure. There were just things that I would go through and I'd be like, why is this behavior? Why is this repeating itself over mm -hmm. and over and over again? And it's because growing up, I didn't necessarily realize, whoa, pump the brakes. This is not normal. Right. Okay. So that's for me, a little bit different um, situation, but I feel like both are really relatable. I think they're both relatable because I think either either one and either approach or perspective is just as difficult as the other. For you, Lucy, your entire life, you were very confused. Like, why does this keep happening? Like, is there something wrong with me? You right. know, like, why do I keep finding myself in the same situation? Why do these patterns keep repeating? And then on the opposite side of things with me, I, I had not really ever experienced anything super toxic in terms of relationships like of course you have like bad friendships in right. high school or growing right. up and you experience like some form of toxicity but like nothing to this extreme and for me it was like all of it was jumping in all at once and it was just it was a lot to process and a lot to take in and so I think either way it's right. it's difficult to get out of and it's difficult to understand why it's happening. Right. So we kind of want to get into the fact of just some things that we experienced. Um, we talked about how toxic relationships immediately everyone thinks of like a guy. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, F that guy. Right. Forget that guy. Right. Mm -hmm. And and so I think let's start there maybe. Mm -hmm. Let's dive in there. Because yeah, we'll start with relationships. We'll start like with romantic relationships. Yeah, because that's really why we all go to happy hour, is it not? Yes. Honestly. For the for the F boys. Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. That's uh -huh. why that's that's how that's how we get started with things like that. So um I think all of us, hopefully ladies, actually if you if you can't re relate to this, go you. Yes, Be go you. Go you. you. Because I did not have that much clarity in my self-worth until mm -hmm. I like went to therapy, as you guys know. So <laughs> um I feel like every every lady at some point in time is dated like that guy, like yeah. the guy, you know, to where you're guy who ruins your life. Yes. And to where your friends will also never date somebody named the name of that guy. Right. No one's kids are getting named that name. No. Okay. If you hear that name and you meet someone new, you're like, oh, you automatically don't like them. Right. You're like, what? I'm sorry. What? Like right. they have to prove themselves as not being that guy. Right. So for me, I grew up, I dated I mean, bless this guy's heart. I was a lot to, I had a lot going on when I was in high school. And mm -hmm. my first, I guess, toxic relationship was toxic in the sense that we both didn't have um, clear emotional boundaries. Right. You know what I mean? Like we would always take things too far. Right. And I think that's kind of the first step. Which, I mean, that that happens when you're younger. It totally does You're happen. navigating like you're what navigating. it means to like love someone right. and be in a relationship. And, and that happens. And you can't take back some of those some of those things. And you, you don't really, again, know if things are weird. But I mean, I literally thought that I was going to marry my high school boyfriend. And right. in my mind, I... I mean, we all did. I know. Which is so sad. <laughs> is it not? It is sad. Rom-coms. Like, screw you. Yeah. Honestly. They ruined us. They ruined us. They really did. Um, But I, I remember being in, in a relationship with this guy. And honestly, like, my whole dating experience was centered around me fantasizing about our, our future together, mm -hmm. which I don't, please don't th take that the wrong way, but 
we, um, in my mind, he was going to go to med school and be a doctor and I was going to be a physical therapist. And we were going to, we were going to end up together raising these, these soccer children. Right. Okay. Of course. Naturally. Of course. Naturally. And you know, we were going to live in this house, blah, blah, blah. Well, and that's also a really dangerous place to live because you're not living in the present. I think that that's what made my relationship with the Frenchman so toxic is that when he went back to France and we were still together, right. my entire life was spent either reminiscing on the times that we were together mm-hmm. or dreaming about the times when we would be together. And so I was never actually dating him. I was dating the version of him that I had constructed in my own mind. Oh, Sid, that was really great because And, and that well, and I I had to finally realize that for me to actually get over him. It took years for me to get over him and I finally had to be like, "Sydney, you never actually loved him." No, you love the idea. I loved who I created him right. to be this like character in right. my mind. And I feel like, and this, and this may, I, I don't know. I don't mean to make this a blanket statement, but I do feel like as, as women, we tend to lean towards that more in relationships where we, we want the good. We want mm-hmm. the nurture. We want that so much. And so because of that, we compromise on so many things for the image of the, the, man that we think that we're going to end up with. I mean, guys, I just need you guys. Can I tell them the story about the the New Year's Eve experience? Oh, yes. Okay, great. Absolutely. Um, So I just need you guys to understand, like, I'm I'm like talking with Sydney's parents. Like, this is where we're at. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sydney literally saved thousands of dollars to fly to Paris for New Year's Eve. I worked all summer. Worked all summer, had no life. We did nothing together except talk about her Paris trip, okay? Mm-hmm. And she flew to Paris because that was, you know, the ultimate love story. Like, I mean, God. Flying across the ocean <laughs> it to was your love to, to ring in the new year together. To ring in the new year. Oh, gosh. Eating cheese the whole time. Yes. Cheese and baguettes only. And crepes. And crepes. And it's not a baguette. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. No. Oh, no. He would, also, he would always say, a croissant. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh uh, okay, yeah. Again. But Yikes. but Sydney, that's something that she she imagined this like beautiful, beautiful moment. And then I and think And it was beautiful. It like was. it was really, really beautiful. And I should have just left it there. Right. I should have just left it there and said, you know what? We did really actually love each other. That was real. Right. And we had this great time together. And now like it it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't. No, I couldn't, I couldn't let go. And I, yes. Okay. Really quickly. I want to make this quick point. Um, and then I want to talk about why we can't let it go because I think that's something that everyone can relate to because we all do it. We all know, and we still do it anyway. We still do it. So, um, my second love, I don't know, for some reason, I think you're supposed to like, I had like first love, yikes, love, forever love. Like in my mind, I'm like, everything comes in threes. That was me too. You know, and that might not be everyone. But I had me, my first love, yikes, love forever. <laughs> yes. Yeah. First, yeah. First, yikes, forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my yikes, my yikes, love, I, I truly, I truly, truly imagined that I could save him from himself. That's yeah. what I thought I was doing, mm-hmm. which I know is, is different. It's a different situation, but I also know that women, like a lot of times you get into those situations. Well, if you're like the caretaker type of woman, yeah. then, and, and not every woman is, and that's fine, but I think that it's definitely more prominent in the female gender to be a caretaker and so I think that if you are that type of woman then of course you see this like broken man and you're like I can do this like I can fix him it's like the freaking age-old story like we always think that we can fix people and I think that that was part of what you were experiencing with your yikes love is you were like I I see his potential I know he's a good guy I've seen glimpses of it and like I want to be the girl I want to be the one. And then when we get married, like he is always going to look to me as like the one who brought him out of that. The one who saved him. Like, yeah. Have you guys seen high school? Hero. Have you guys seen high school musical by chance? I hope you have, because that's what I pictured my life was like in the sense that I felt like I was living a screenplay and there would be times of, of songs that I would sit and like swing on a swing by myself mm-hmm. and, um, you know, talk about things like I need you guys to know my yikes relationship the guy I dated cheated on me immensely I mean there were like dozens of women and I don't mean that 
in a sense of like exaggeration. Like there were, there, no, there were, were actually dozens. There were so, so, so many females. And the, the things that I did, the extent, I mean, Sydney and I drove to Memphis for a day to, to see, see him, to see him for 20 minutes. I mean, I flew to freaking Paris. I know. What else did we? Oh, and the one of the girls, his main girl that he was seeing, because mm-hmm. I was his, you know, in college, I was his college girlfriend. Yeah. But his Memphis girlfriend, that's where he's from, came into town. And so um, I thought I saw her running and I literally tracked down this person in my red PT cruiser and it wasn't her. And then I had to pretend like I liked her outfit. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, oh my gosh, hey, I'm so sorry. I just have to know where you got those shorts. Really, yeah. I did not like the shorts. Like, sorry for stalking you no. like a bat out of hell. Like, this woman oh thought that she was going to be on, like, oh god, the, the amount first of forty-eight, the amount of stalking that goes on with your like your oh yikes, love. God. Yeah, because because you're never secure with your yikes. Never, love. Secure. you're never secure, and you always love them so much more than they love you, and right. you're never secure. The amount of stalking that goes on, the amount of like fake Instagram profiles. I mean, I know <gasps> that I'm coming off as a psychopath no, right Cindy, now, but like, Cindy and I shared a fake Instagram profile. Oh, did we not? Hold on a second. It wasn't just us. My friend who played soccer at Kentucky, her and her teammates started this fake Instagram, okay? Literally so that they could, they could stalk their exes and their exes' current girlfriends. Yes. Word came to me. And we signed on. And we signed on. We Lucy signed on. signed on. I have a bunch of other friends who signed on. We Everyone's signed like, right hey, on. what's the uh, what's the password for that account? I'm not even going to say what the account is, but like, you guys, this account... It finally got like dismantled. Like yeah. Instagram was like, "This is spam." Like we're deleting you. It was spam. You, it actually sure. was spam. They're not wrong. But the amount of stalking that you do, the amount of like desperation that you have, right? It's sick. It's sick. It's honestly sickening. Yeah, it's sickening. It's sickening. So, can we talk for a second about how we moved out of those situations? Because I think yeah. that that is important for people to hear. Like, how did we move out of these situations where we're in this toxic relationship with a man who we love? Lucy, like, how did you get past that and how did you move out of it? Okay. So let me just say again, the, before I went to therapy, because therapy really was like the healing for me. Cause I got to talk about a lot of things from my past that explain a lot of the choices I was making, which was great. But before that happened, I, I had such a strong group of women around me yeah. and I don't know if you guys are like this. I feel like women in general are like this where they're like, they make excuses for like crap over and over and over again. And then one day they literally wake up and they're done. Yeah. They're like, I'm, I'm sorry, wake up, done. No, I'm it's done. like you like have an awakening in your sleep. It's insane. Yeah. I, I, and that's truly what happened to me because my yikes, so first love just needed to fizzle. That was a great learning experience. My yikes relationship, it got to the point where I woke up one morning and I literally was like, you know what? Like I'm over it. Yeah. And it was because I had women around me that, checked me honestly. And then finally I got to kind of see like when I was isolated, my, my, my circle refused to acknowledge this, this guy. And I find, I found myself sneaking to see him, yeah, sneaking around to see him, trying to make sure that like, I would lie about things I was doing. It was honestly, I probably became done because I was exhausted. I need eight hours of sleep. I was getting like one hour of sleep and all of my like secret after hour you know, ninja footage of, mm-hmm. of things I was doing. Um, and I just also, I, I got off of social media. I know that that's maybe not something that people want to hear. It's, but, but I literally removed myself from any outside, um, stimulus. And I remember this happening, waking up, feeling done. Mm-hmm. My oven timer went off, mm-hmm. pull me out, done. Okay. <laughs> Don't let me overcook. Don't let me overcook. Don't let me burn. And then I came home for the summer and this was leading into my senior season of soccer. And I remember that I deactivated my Facebook, deactivated my Instagram. I didn't use Snapchat. I didn't use Twitter. And I literally exercised and I hung out with my family and I hung out with my friends and I actually got sleep. Yeah. And all of those things. And and I also, you guys woke up saying like, you are worthy. Mm -hmm. You are loved. And all of those things that I decided to do, it took time. Like I know it takes it takes time. I and did it, cry. It hurts. It hurts. It's heartbreaking. And and but I think that everything that you said is is really important because I think it first starts for me, it happened in stages. Like I got over this relationship in stages. And the first stage was kind of like you said, I, I come home for the summer. 
I'm getting prepared for my junior soccer season and got off social media and I started reading Anna Karenina by Leo Tolstoy. Okay. One of the hardest books I've ever read in my entire life. It literally took me like 10 months to read this book, but I, I devoted myself to reading this book. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to read this book and it was the distraction. It's kind of what you're saying. The distraction of reading this book, the distraction of working out and getting in shape for soccer, the distraction of just honestly putting everything I had towards school and soccer, but it still didn't end. Like I still was heartbroken. And so I had to make some mistakes along the way. I had to to date a couple people that I shouldn't have dated. Right. I had to put myself in some compromising situations that I probably wouldn't have otherwise been in had I not been so broken, for lack of a better word. Right. Um, but then slowly, slowly you start to like let go. And, and slowly it's so superficial, but you delete the pictures of you guys on your Instagram. Like yes. you delete them from Facebook. You block them. You say, I, I can't. And you slowly start to build yourself up. And as you take those steps for yourself, you start to feel stronger. It's that song. It's like, I get a little bit stronger. Literally. Oh. Yeah. I was not. No, dude. Like I'm that song. Don't even worry. Like I made several playlists. That song was on all of them. Oh, yeah. The playlist is key. The playlist is key. And then it's, honestly, for me, I had to realize you're going to have to be single for a minute. Yeah. You can't keep having like random flings with people to try to get over this guy. That's not how it works. You have to be single. And that's what I did. I stayed single for years right. after Frat Star. Like yeah. Frenchman to Frat Star after Frat Star stayed single for years. Right. Like went on some dates and stuff like that. But like for the most part, completely single. And I sent my last message to Frenchman. To me first, honestly. To Lucy first. <laughs> and, then, and then to Frenchman. Because you guys have to understand that after we broke up, he ghosted me. Okay. Oh, completely ghosted me. Would not give me a reason for breaking up. Nothing completely ghosted me. And I would reach out to him all the time, begging, looking like such a desperate coward. Please tell me why. Please, please. I just want to know why. Please, please, please. Would not respond to me. I sent my last message and I said, I know you're not going to respond. And I don't even care because I am so done with you. Right. And I am so, I'm not sorry to you. I'm sorry to myself for putting myself through this hell for years. And I hope that one day you meet someone and treat her so much better than you ever treated me because what you have put me through has been absolute hell. And I finally stood up for myself. Right. And I knew he's never going to respond. And I knew that I'm never going to get closure for him, but I have to find the closure for myself. Right. And I have to move on. And guys, almost exactly six months after I sent that message, I met the guy who I know for a hundred percent certainty I'm going to marry. And the only reason that I was able to meet him is because I was actually freed from this cell. Right. I, and I hadn't been with Frenchmen for like years at that point. And like, I had been single for a long time, but I could not meet the person who I needed to be with until I cut off that weight. Yeah. Let me, let me, I guess, say this about about what you, let me, I guess you said something that made me feel like I, it just made me think about something. I think what Sydney and I are both saying for the girls that might currently be going through this is the number one thing that we both did is that we removed ourselves from a a fantasy situation Mm -hmm. and we stuck ourselves into like, honestly, a very real reality where everything we did was truly in the present. Yep. Okay. So like, Social media, we talked about that. That's something where you can fantasize about the what if, you can compare, you can look at. We removed that. Um, We started to delete things, which you can also look at to say, oh, this, this, what if, I want this, I want this. Right. But I think that we both just made the decision that we wanted more for ourselves and that the the energy that we were investing into, let's say the drama mm-hmm. was exhausting was and that, exhausting. and that we were tired. And so, and then honestly, I felt so stupid, but that's something that I want to say to any woman going through this right now is that you are not stupid. Do, do not feel embarrassed. Do not feel dumb. I mean, we literally just admitted to making a fake Instagram. Right. And I, I actually reached out to this guy who would not respond to me for years. I reached out to I him. I stalked someone in my car. In your car. Yeah. You are not stupid. You are not crazy. No. You are not overdramatic. You are a human being and 
you love someone. Right. But you have to love yourself. And that's probably the biggest thing. I think that's what makes you be done. Yeah. I think that's what leads you to saying, you know what? I've had enough. I love myself more than I love the idea of this other person. And that's beauty. Okay, great. So enough about romantic relationships. Okay, because Lucy and I were talking and we feel like most women kind of expect to meet the douchebag guys in the world. Like we we kind of expect that, right? Like no, we you you are you grow up with your gals like knowing knowing that it's coming knowing that it's coming it's on its way it's on its way yet yes. we still you know like we still dive into we it we still God. dive in but then when we we're out of the pool yes. out of the toxic water out of the toxic water we are much better at navigating those situations so but what about with friends right. or what about with family members because right. it's a lot more difficult to recognize toxicity in a friendship or be able to admit to yourself that a relationship with a family member is toxic. Right. Those things are much harder to navigate. They're much harder to get out of. Right. Like, it's easy for you and your girl gang to be like, yeah, F that guy. Right. He sucks. Get out of that. Right. But it's not as easy for you to say, F my best friend of five years. Right. She actually is not treating me right. Or it's hard to be like, yeah, my sister and I, or my mom and I, or my father and I have a terrible relationship and it's really unhealthy for me. How do I get out of this? You, you can't get out of it. Right. Most of the time it's your family member. Exactly. So we kind of want to get into those relationships because like we said, they're just a little bit more difficult to navigate. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of, a lot more guilt that comes with that. So much more guilt. Um, and like that mental, that mental struggle because you feel just such an immense amount of pressure that you are the one that's causing right more so I think than you do if you're with a guy and well when you're with a guy and you and you like get out of it you feel empowered right whereas with a friendship like you're probably gonna feel like you said just guilty and just not great no especially and with family like I'm not gonna feel empowered no. To stop talking to a family member. That's going right. to make me feel like a really awful, like, member of my family unit, you know? Right. So let's get into that. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. So I think that at least for my own personal self, I've realized now in my adult life, I've gotten to, um, I guess, have the, the, the control to be able to identify, hey, this, this person doesn't really bring out a good side of me. Right. I, I enjoy them. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy them. But as far as me letting you into my circle and letting you into my, my, um, my list of people I call with my problem, the circle of trust, the circle of trust, right? Yeah. Cause I know that you guys all probably have, like, I have two people I will always call aside from my mom. Right. Shout out Melissa. Love you mom. But my two friends that I will definitely call if something is wrong immediately. And if one doesn't answer, I power call the other. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, let's be honest. That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. And this is something that like for me to recognize like you being within my that my power call group. Uh-huh. I can't let you in because I know. Yeah. Now in my grown-up life. And that uh-huh. that was hard to to figure out earlier when I was younger, but I mean, I know my um flaws, okay? Mm-hmm. And I know maybe who I used to be back when I did like Jaeger bombs for fun. <laughs> Like that was my, that was my choice of things or, you know, I only ate fried foods Yeah. or I stayed up until like 3am before I knew I had to be responsible. Like those are the things that I'm like, Oh, I, I love you for this time, for Mm -hmm. this moment. But like in my day to day, like I can't handle that. I really, I really can't handle it. Well, and I think it's more than just like life decisions. It's also the type of support you receive and right. things like that. Or in a crisis. Yeah, or crisis mode. So I I really want to talk about one of my relationships that I mentioned at the beginning um, with one of my really good friends in college. Like I said, she was my very best friend. We played on the soccer team together at Ole Miss, and we both were very miserable playing soccer. And right. so we clung to each other because we confided in each other. And I promise you after every practice, we would get in either her Jeep or mine and we would 
go on a back road and probably chain smoke like a pack of cigarettes. Right. And just cry and talk and scream. And she genuinely was my best friend. And we went through a really weird period of time where a bunch of things happened. And we were both going through some weird mental health things. Um, And a bunch of things happened that I won't get into because it's unnecessary. The point is that our relationship became very toxic. We were living together at the time and we were so against each other that we wouldn't even talk to each other in the house. We just ignored each other. Right. Which obviously is, does nothing good. And then we're seeing each other in the locker room every day for soccer. Like, and it was just awkward. Yeah. And both of us started confiding in our other friends about the other. Okay. Which I understand people doing, right? Like I will go to Lucy and vent about one of my friends, right? Right. And and I'm not gossiping. I'm just venting. And so I know that that's what I was doing. And I know that that's what she was doing, but there were some girls who took advantage of that and kind of used that information to pin it against me and this girl or to pin us against each other even more. I feel like too, when you're in that venting situation, the purpose of venting is for you to establish like a game plan for you to solve your problem. Exactly. So you're not going to vent about a friend or about your spouse or about, you know, unless you actually want to fix it. Unless you actually want to fix it. Right. Otherwise it is gossip and otherwise it is toxic. And that's what I was doing. I was not choosing wisely who I was venting to. I was venting to like a group of people. I, I didn't find the like mistake. the worst mistake. I didn't find like my one go-to to be like, I need help navigating this situation. I didn't want help navigating the situation. At this point, I hated my friend and she hated me. And no, I have a really great it, it was It was not good. The venting situation, if you're not trying to like actually control it, is literally like you deciding to walk into a pool and pee into it. And you think <laughs> you can contain it and you can't. And you can't. No. You literally can't. It's everywhere. It's literally it's everywhere. literally everywhere. Like bless up. Hope you're hydrated because otherwise people are going to see the cloud of pee around you. Right. Or- I wasn't hydrated. People mm. could see the cloud of pee around me. Yeah. They thought I was toxic. I was toxic. Right. I was con- I was contributing. Right. I'm I'm horrified of that time in my life. Right. So embarrassed. And if honestly, if any of those girls are listening right now, like I genuinely hope that you realize that I've changed. Right. <laughs> because it was embarrassing and it wasn't good. But I say all this because I want to talk about how we came back together right. and erased that toxicity and realized why what happened happened. So my senior year of college, I decided not to play soccer. I decided to study abroad, which was honestly the best decision I could have ever made for myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I got out from a lot of negativity. I got out from a lot of like bad years of mental health. You lived in the present when you lived in the present. Yeah. I, I healed. Honestly, I healed. It Mm -hmm. was a really, really euphoric time in my life. Um, and so when I came back, I had one more semester left at school and I was living alone and I said, you know what? I'm going to reach out to this girl. Okay. Like I'm going to reach out to her. It's been, you know, two years since we've been, or like a year and a half since we've been like buddies and I miss her. Like I genuinely miss her. And I've had this time of like self-reflection. And so I texted her and I said, Hey, like, I know this is kind of a long shot, but would you want to just grab a drink? Yeah, I have a question for you about yeah. that. Um, I feel like that's really hard to do because it is hard because you're not in control of the outcome. Number one and number two, I feel like when you're being honestly like afraid of being judged, right? It's it's worse when you when it's by someone that's a, a woman that you're friends with. Exactly. You know what I mean? Well, and and so what I would say to anyone who has had a hiatus from a toxic relationship or a relationship that became toxic, right? Um. I would say, like, let go of your pride. Honestly, let go of your pride. And if if it's something that you genuinely miss, if you miss the healthy times, make the call. You know, like, reach out. Let right. go of your pride. Like, it's not it's not worth it to, like, hold on to that animosity. It's just not. Right. And so I reached out to her, and we went and we met. And the first thing she said to me, she said, you know, Sid, I really debated meeting you. Like, I really, really debated coming and seeing you. Right. Um, she said, and I'm like about to cry even thinking about this. She said, 
you really hurt me. And those were like some of the worst times in my life, not just because of you, but because of other things I was going through and you made it so much worse. Right. And I was like, yeah, right back at you. Like I was also in the worst time of my life. I was mentally, I was not okay. Honestly, physically, I wasn't okay. I was not good. And you were supposed to be my best friend and you turned on me. And we sat there for hours and we got it all out and we talked about everything. I I said, when you said this, when you did this and literally just laid it all out there. And by the end of that conversation, we had erased the toxic and we were able to kind of start from ground zero. And guys, to this day, she's, she's one of my best friends. She'll be in my wedding. Um, I love her dearly. I, I come to her for advice you know, we don't get to see each other as often because we live in different places, but I am constantly checking up on her, checking in on her and vice versa. And she will always be one of my best friends. And even more so because of what we went through and because of how we came back together and how we were able to just be adult about it. Right. And, and not have any inhibitions and just let it out. Right. And just be like, you actually really hurt my feelings and I needed you. Right. And that was obviously a hard conversation, but it was worth every bit of tears, every bit of like hard things to cover because we came back. Right. And I think I keep saying right, which I hate. Sorry, guys. Left. Left. <laughs> okay. Left. Um, I think that that's something that's so powerful and understanding, but I also want you all to know that that is a really positive outcome to having a toxic friend. Yes, it is. It's so, so it doesn't always, happen it doesn't that always way. happen that way, but hopefully it, it honestly, the only reason or the only way it can happen is that if you have two people who were acting toxic in a relationship, realizing that they were acting toxic and making an active choice to not act that way anymore and to fix what they're doing. That's the, it has to be two people. A relationship is two people working together. Right. It's always two people working together. And if you don't have that commitment on both ends, it's not going to happen. Right. And that's okay. If you want to make that commitment, but your friend doesn't, that's fine. Then you got to move on though. Right. You got to move on. Toast the wine. Uh Uh-huh. You got to move on. You got to say no hard feelings. No hard feelings. I'm sorry for what I did. I forgive you for what you did, but I got to move on. Love you. Yeah. If you ever really need anything, please reach out. Yeah, but not for like things you kind of need. Yeah, no, like you're you're dying. Like your right. leg is like trapped right. in between two rocks at the Grand Canyon. And I don't know why I'm the person you're calling. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, like cut it off. But call me. I guess. <laughs> I guess call me. I guess call me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's awesome. I I will say that I think from the friend side of things, I think it's so hard to be the friend of the friend that goes through like the muck. You know what I mean? Like, it's so, it's so crazy to sit here and have Sydney and I talk about our toxic relationships because we went through it together. We went through it together. And I, I have heard all of Sydney's toxic things and she's heard all of mine. And it just is so still to this day, you feel loyal to your friend, but then you also are proud of the growth that you have, have gone through. Mm-hmm. Like, to this day, your yikes love. If I saw him in the street, you punch him in the face. Jab, jab, cross, jab. Yeah, jab, jab, cross, jab. <laughs> <laughs> and like, honestly, probably same for you oh. with my friend. Like for a while, my friend who I was just talking about for a while, I think Lucy was like, "Are you sure?" Question mark. Question mark that you want to pursue a friendship with this person? Like, why? Right. What are you doing? Like, right. if this girl screws you over, I am driving to Oxford. And I'm opening a can of whoop ass. Yes. Like, and the words of Bobby Boucher. <laughs> yeah. That's what's happening. That is what's happening. So yeah, it is. It's it's so crazy to like sit here and talk about this because we both experienced each other's pain throughout these situations and both. No, so loyal. So I, loyal. <laughs> I, I hate, I hate Frenchie. And I hate <laughs> frat daddy. I hate. I hate them. them. Okay. I don't I hate, hate them. That's like a strong word. You can hate them for me. Yeah, I hate them. You don't have to hate them. I hate them. I'm indifferent. Yeah, that's great. I'm indifferent, that's but zen. like, yeah. That's really zen. You should hate them I for too me. Am, yeah, I too am indifferent. And you should be indifferent towards Yikes Love, but I like genuinely hate him and only wish the worst. I know. <laughs> do you not, okay, do you not ever fantasize about seeing your like, your best friend's 
person uh-huh. that that, that ruined, screwed them over. That screwed them over and ruined their life. And that have you already like pre-planned? No, no, I've pre-planned what I'm gonna say. Me too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like I know exactly what I'm gonna say. Oh yeah. It's so good. I'm and- gonna be like, honestly, thank you for being a jackass because she's doing fine. <laughs> Actually, she's doing really fine. Yeah. Also, like she started a podcast. What have you done? Right. <laughs> You know, I'm dead. Like, goodbye. No, I like dream about it sometimes. No, I dream about it too. And in my dreams, I get hype. No, I can't like my like swings in my dreams. Like, <laughs> like your arms enough. are like lead. Yeah. They're like, it's like I'm moving through like maple syrup. Not to bring that reference again, but <laughs> it's like I'm moving through maple syrup and I can't move quickly. Oh my God. I know. That's but, hilarious. But it's true. No, it is true. It's true. Well, it's true. Okay. But I talked about friends. I want Lucy to talk about family because she is very experienced in this department I mean, when it comes bless. to toxic family members. Yeah. And I think we all are to some degree. I think yeah. all of us have I like agree. that one family member that kind of just like ruined it for you. <laughs> or you're always like, God, man, Aunt Mabel, like, yeah. did you have to go there? Yeah. And then like you tell your friends about it and your friends are like, every family's got one. Right. You know, like we do. Every family right. has one. Every family has right. one. And, but Lucy's happens to be her father. Yes. And- her biological father. Yeah, gosh. Yeah. Not her father. No, no, no. Because Not- her father's her stepfather, and we yeah. freaking love him. Shout out. But her biological father. Correct. So walk us through that, Lucy. So I think probably the hardest thing, um, for those that maybe have experienced this, and it might not be, you know, one of your parents. It might have been a sibling or a cousin or an aunt or an uncle. But I think when you're introduced to toxic things as a kid, you don't know that they're toxic because you idolize adults. Mm -hmm. An adult is someone that saves you. An adult is someone that keeps you safe. An adult is someone that's going to help you get through something. An adult is somebody that you can confide in, that you can trust. And so- Especially a parent figure. Especially a parent figure for my own personal thing. Um, But I do think that in general, you don't necessarily have the the equipment as a kid to recognize like this person sucks. No, because that's your normal. Because it's your normal. And I mean, you guys, like when you're seven, you like really love your parents. No, your parents are everything. You know, like they're everything for you. And so for me, it was just something that I learned as I started to grow up and I too became an adult and I started to take a step back and say, actually, if I wasn't related to you, I would have absolutely nothing to do with you. Right. Um, my, my birth father and my mom got divorced when I was in first grade, which thank God, honestly. And from a young age, I mean, he used to do things that would prevent my mom from seeing us. Mm -hmm. And he would make me think it was my idea, which is, which as a kid, I didn't necessarily realize but as an adult, it's horrifying. Yeah, you weren't you weren't very in tune with gaslighting at the time. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no. I Which was, is exactly what you were no, experiencing. All the lights were turned off. Yeah. There was no there was no gaslighting. Mm-hmm. It was like a dud. Okay. <laughs> like no, there was plenty of gaslighting. Oh, right. You just couldn't recognize it. I just couldn't it. recognize yeah. it. I was the dud. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so growing up, that was something that I I noticed. And then when I became um a young adult will say, I started to realize, hey, this is like not appropriate. Like this isn't healthy. This isn't healthy. This isn't appropriate. Um, I was raised to think that your relationship with honestly anyone was meant to be a roller coaster. Well, and can we also take a step back? Her dad was so manipulative that I loved him. Oh, I oh, could, yeah. I couldn't understand right. why Lucy didn't Ugh. want to have anything to do with him. Right. Like this man drove us to like soccer tournaments. Like he was fully invested in like our club soccer careers. Like he was always so kind to me. He was always so welcoming to me. Like always such a great guy. My parents loved him. And so, and Lucy's very close to my parents too and tells them everything. And so when Lucy came to us and was like, yeah, I cut off all ties with my father. Like it's done. We were like, what do you mean? Right. Like what, what happened? I'm sorry. Like, did he kill someone? Right. Like, how did this suddenly just happen? Like, we didn't understand. And it took Lucy, like, sitting down with, honestly, like, me and my parents and explaining, like, everything that had happened throughout childhood for us to be like, holy crap. Like, this was happening? Yeah. Like, all-, all these things were happening? Like, we thought this dude was, like, a great guy. No. It it feels like a dream to me now. Yeah. Because I'm so removed. You're so removed. Um, But back to, I guess, maybe the signs that that... I guess show. Yeah. So my um birth father is on his fourth marriage. My mom was the second. 
Okay. Which is also freaky. Ding, ding, ding. Freaky for me to think about that he had a wife before he met my mom that ended. Yeah. Yikes. You yikes. know? Um, so he's on his fourth wife. He's had four yikes loves. He's had all. No, he is the yikes love. He's the yikes he is love. like the ultimate yikes love. Okay. It like tatted on the forehead. <laughs> yikes. Or you know how people get those like lip tattoos that yeah. they like pull down the bottom lip. His yikes. says yikes. His says yikes. Yeah. Um, for me growing up, I also always thought he was great because what he is very, very good at is using words to manipulate and control a situation. Yeah. Um, but then his actions never match the words mm-hmm. ever. And so that's why I think growing up, I always thought that like Loki sociopath. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm choked because yes. Yeah. Loki. It's, it's. Or high key. High key. Or like medium yeah. high, medium high heat. Cook on medium high heat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, or we could boil. It's fine. Yeah, simmer. Um, yeah. Um, but growing up, it was just something that was really bizarre. And then when I became an adult, I started to realize. And I also need you all to understand that the the birth of my feminism came from moving past this relationship with my birth father because he was honestly probably the definition of what. Am I allowed to say a sexist man? Is that allowed? Yeah, that's allowed. Um, Are you kidding? He like, he would he would toxic uh, masculinity. Toxic. Yes, he believed that women were beneath him. That women were put on this earth to serve. Mm-hmm. They weren't as intelligent. They were only good for certain things. Um, Which, he, like, <laughs> lol. No, and Athena speaks like, pod. Like hashtag Athena speaks pod. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Um, but he used to. Can I pause for a second and just yeah. like interrupt because, uh, guys. If you don't know us, if you're not our friends or our moms listening, then I need you to understand that Lucy and I coming together to create a female empowerment podcast is absolutely perfect because she has like the sexist, like low life dad. Okay. And then like, I have the dad who's a feminist. Right. Right. So like we come together (laughs) with this perfect blend and like, we're here for you. We're here for you. We're so here for you. Anyway, keep going. Yes. So. He believed my whole life, he led me to believe that women were were lesser. My my younger brother, whom I love, did not experience the same raising as I did because he could do no wrong and he didn't do any wrong. He didn't have the same expectations. I mean, you guys have to understand that like my father growing up used to not let me drive after dark because that's not what he but wanted. But then also made her have a job But then while also, she played club soccer. But then also would only make me drive after dark to things that were relevant for him for him like working or soccer right. or whatever or he would try to like mind i i don't want to say the f word but mind f mind f me in senses of trying to make me think that i was less than or that i needed him like he used to really emphasize that like i was nothing without him and my mom and i are very similar we're both kind of the same personality type which i is, feel like he took out a lot of he he admitted it. Did I tell you that? Oh, wow. He Ew. later in life admitted to my mom through email that he used to treat me the way he would treat me because my mom ruined his life. And, <laughs> and that, um, he also, <laughs> right. Because she divorced Wait, him. Hold on. Right? Also, this is why like women are superior. Right. <laughs> like, why would you admit that in an email? Right. Like it's documented forever. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, if I'm gonna admit that so to good. you, like I'm gonna say it straight to your face. Like I'm not even gonna call you. I don't want that on the call logs. I don't want anything. I'm gonna look at you in the face. I'm gonna make sure you have no recording devices <laughs> because I know that I would record you. And like oh. I will admit that only to your face. Like Sid, it's so dude, good. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> oh yeah. No idiot. Again, idiot. idiot. That's why all these men now in like politics and stuff get like screwed over because they email things. Stupid. They're narcissists. That's why. (laughs) They think they can do no wrong. But you thought your Gmail account was going to protect you? Right. (laughs) I'm dead. (laughs) That was great. Okay. Anyway, he admitted that to her. Imagine. And then my, and then thinking I'm not going to find out. So, um, it took me a really long time to go through therapy, honestly. Mm -hmm. My sweet, sweet therapist, whom I adore. Love that woman. Literally, I'm sitting on her couch crying on yet another day. It's like yeah. raining outside. Yeah, just another day in paradise. Just another day in paradise, you know. <laughs> um, and she looks at me and she goes, normally I would recommend um, some like reconciliation with your father. Your father, right? right. She looked at me and she goes, it sounds like that would benefit no one. Mm-hmm. So accept that. Yeah. 
and move on. And move on. And move on. I mean, you guys have to understand, okay? Like, I started dating my fiance, and I didn't tell him. And my his side of my family, for a really long time, didn't understand why I'd cut him out of my life. They didn't. And they used to shame me for it, you guys. Like, I literally went through, like, shame to where they'd be like... My, your, da- your dad's side. My dad's yeah. side. Like, my mm-hmm. nana would be like wagging her finger at me saying like well your father did like this is family this is yes but she's an old jewish woman so she's not going to sound she'd be like okay i don't know how to she'd be like this is family like i don't know that's italian i know (laughs) i don't know how to do it but she would passive aggressively shame me for it yeah and it got to the point where i would remain friends with my other relatives on social media but like i we weren't friends because I couldn't deal with you trying to Oh like, no, they would like also like slide into the DMs with some toxicity. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I I had a I had to take it, which was fine because mm-hmm. they don't live here and I was removed. But it got to the point where like my current my fiance literally got a Facebook message from my birth father right. saying that he could help him out and Ew. not to tell me <gasps> if he wanted. Help him out with what? Making money. Ew. Ew, so gross. No, gross. No, so gross. So gross. So. Ew, I did not know that. It took, yeah, it was. Ew, that's so cringy. And I will say this. It's taken me a long time to just accept, like Sydney said, just to accept the closure. Um, And it was, it was really hard to make that choice, especially with the heat of the family, because I think that back in the day, Mm -hmm. okay, which is like 50 years ago, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say like 10, like 50, 60 years ago. Yeah. People, there's the quote that blood is always thicker than water. Yeah. Which is true in certain scenarios. I mean, it's like scientifically true. Scientifically true. But like emotionally, eh. But the thing is, is that you are an adult. Yeah. I'm an adult. And so in my adult life, I only have time. Sydney and I were just talking about this today. Are you as adults tired? Because we're tired. I'm freaking tired. We're really tired. And so because we're really tired, I only have time to invest energy into things that are positive and beneficial into my life. And so as an adult, recognizing a family member as another adult family member, um, I don't have time for you to be a POS. Right. And and I, I need you guys to know, like, I... I reached out, like I told, I I went through the steps of saying, Hey, this is how you made me feel. This is what you did. This is, this is, these are my boundaries. And he refused to accept those boundaries. Well, and he refused, he, his apologies were always like, I'm sorry you feel that way. Correct. He never took responsibility. Never took responsibility, which like as a parent, whether you think that that's correct or not, I feel like, like if I went to my mom and I was like, mom, throughout my childhood, like you made me feel this, 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 and this, and they were all negative things. My mom, even if she like genuinely agreed with me or not, she would break down and she would be so apologetic because that's your kid. That's your kid. That's your freaking kid, man. Right. And, and like you should you should be able to hear them out right. and recognize that. And so I kind of want to like transition into because with with your situation, it's very extreme. Like you don't talk to your dad anymore. No. Like haven't talked to him in years. No. That's not always a possibility for people it's not it's not always a possibility for people whether it's because you know maybe your parents are still together like if you if your dad and your mom were still together it would be a lot harder to just not talk to him anymore correct because you you and your mom have a very close relationship so I want to talk about how we can make healthy boundaries with family members that are toxic for us um without totally cutting them out of our lives because sometimes that's not possible so with talking about boundaries, um, some things that I've found super, super helpful, and again, advised by my sweet, sweet lady therapist, Yep, um, were, are just that when you establish those boundaries, you, you almost have to be extreme in following them. Because if you're going to set a rule that needs to be followed, you can't make exceptions to that rule. It's like having a rule for a, a child. Right, exactly. Or like a dog. Or a pet, exactly. Yeah. Like it's like you have to actually stand by it. Right. Otherwise, there's no point. There's no, there's literally, there's the, the boundary's not there. The boundary is not there. There's absolutely no point. And it's hard. I'm not yeah. going to sit here and tell you that that's something that's easy. Um, but it, it's hard. And I will say that this has been, a, or this ha- this was a really great experience in the sense that I really got to lean on some strong women to help me be strong. Right. I, I find that that is something that when you're dealing with toxic relationships is helpful mm-hmm. when you have a really quality group surrounding you mm-hmm. that lift you up when you're not able to do the lifting. Right? Exactly. When you're tired. And if you don't have that, then 
understand that you have that within this community. Exactly. Like if you are listening and I've already said this, if you're not our friend or our mom's or my aunt or Lucy's aunts, then know that if this is something that you're struggling with, whether it's romantic, friendship, family, whatever, reach out to us. Please. Please, for the love of God, reach out to us. Obviously, like we're not professionals, but we're here to give advice and be there for every single woman, any woman. Right. And it is really important to have a support group guiding you through or supporting you while you're going through these processes because it is hard. It's hard to set boundaries, especially with family members. But I think it's like what Lucy was saying, like they have to be strict. The boundaries have to be strict. They have to be adhered to or adhered by. I don't know. Both work for me. Both work. I mean, yeah. that's fine. Both work. I'm trying to sound like educated. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but also I think that it's important if you make a boundary with a family member, I think it's important for the rest of the family to understand that boundary as well. Right. Because my very limited knowledge of sociology is this. I, I had a sociology class in college and we studied the family unit and I, it was like very interesting to me. And a big thing that we talked about was how every member of a family has a role and their role literally starts from the time that they start to get a personality. Like your role in your family starts to develop. So when you're not filling out your role, mm -hmm. it throws the rest of the family unit off. Right. Even if your role was negative. Like, for example, my sister is now a recovering drug addict. Okay. Her role for such a long time was that. Right. And when she started to get sober, it kind of threw us off, even though that was healthy. Like it kind of threw off the family because we had adjusted to her role. Right. And like, so when I say that the rest of the family needs to know about the boundary, it's because the rest of the family needs to know how to support that boundary. Right. You know, if you can't be around a certain family member during a certain holiday, okay, then you need to explain that to the rest of the family. You don't just not show up or you don't just ask that that other family member don't show up. Like if that's your boundary, whatever. Or if your boundary is like, yes, I can spend time with this family member, but only for a certain amount of time, then you need to explain that to the rest of the family because they're going to also be there. You know what I mean? I, I also think that you need to not feel guilty. No, don't. No, you can't feel guilty you because can't. it's it's not just healthy for you. It's also healthy for the other person involved and it's healthy for the entire family. Right. And and soon your family will adjust to your new role and this person's new role. I will say this. I I don't I don't want you all to take that recommendation and think that you're just going to announce at all family gatherings that this is your boundary. No. You, like it, you It's a private conversation you, with each member of your family. If you are establishing boundaries for the attention of having the boundary, then there are also things that we on Athena Speaks need to get into. But if you're truly trying to grow and have that um self-confidence and that self-assurance, having boundaries is healthy mm -hmm. and it's um encouraged to to do those things. Yeah. Um I, I will say from personal experience that I do feel like, I feel like I talked about this when we talked in our batch episode. Um, for me personally, it's hard to accept that conflict is going to come yep. by speaking my mind. Um, and I will say that by experiencing that conflict and setting my, you know, my limits. Yeah. Um, it was, it was hard at first, but I need you guys to understand the relief I felt after I got through it. No, conflict is necessary. It has to be it, necessary. It has to be necessary. And as hard as it is to accept it, it's just like when you're starting something new. The first time you do it, it's really hard. Then you do it again, it's a little bit easier. Then you do it the third time and it gets a little bit easier and it gets a little bit easier. Conflict is is so necessary and it only gets easier the more you expose yourself to it. Right. And it really is helpful when, again, opening your eyes up to live in the present. I know that I quoted Britney Spears earlier in our episode, mm -hmm. but one of her lines is, you're toxic, I'm slipping under. And I hope that you guys feel like as we've gone through this episode, that you are not drowning in the pool of toxic relationships anymore, that your tribe 
helps pull you up out of that underwater drowning feeling when you're stuck in. They help pull you out of the creek. They help pull you out of the creek. The they, muddied creek. The muddied creek. Yeah. You know, they they have the um, you know, the popsicle shaped floaty floaty device. Mm-hmm. Um and if if I could offer any any words of encouragement is please just know that what you're going through is te- is temporary and it's normal and it's necessary. It's it's temporary, it's normal, it's necessary and this goes back to our last episode on beauty which is a lot of it is self-talk and finding that confidence within you. It takes a lot of strength and a lot of confidence but know that you have it. Right. It it does exist within you. It's there. You're capable. You have the tools. You're prepared to do this. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's not hard. No. Doesn't mean it's not hard. Doesn't mean you're not going to need some support along the way. But you're fully capable and you're fully prepared. Yes. Goddesses of war and wisdom. You are fully yes. prepared. Yes. Goddesses of war and wisdom. So on that note, OGs. Oh, OGs. Oh, we're, we're out. out.